Home with Glenn Jones. Across our university city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. Now, an academic from the University of Cambridge has been making the news this week after writing an article shedding new light on what made our medieval ancestors laugh. It says here that Dr James Wade from the University of Cambridge's English faculty and Girton College came across a bunch of texts by accident while he was researching in the National Library of Scotland. Afternoon, Dr Wade. Hello. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. It's great to chat to you. Tell me what exactly you came across. Well, I came across a manuscript which uh, holds uh, you know, many texts, but, but some of them were very um, comic. Um, they were interested in, in slapstick comedy, in uh, nonsense verse, um, in kind of you know, crude bodily humor. And I thought there was something so special and interesting about these, about these texts. And so um, that's what led me to kind of look more into where they came from. How rare is this sort of find? Well, one of the most interesting things about live performance comedy in the Middle Ages is that we have we have no records of minstrel manuscripts. That is, uh, manuscripts that were owned or created by, written by, or used by medieval minstrels. Um, and that's a that's a serious sort of gap in in the history of, of literature. Um, it's a real category of lost literature. And so to find texts that were copied, not you know, up from a minstrel, but copied by uh, a scribe who uh, was at the performance of, of a live performance, that's really rare and really valuable. Now, you hear a lot about minstrels. You see them whenever anyone's trying to depict medieval times on a film or on the television. But... I must admit, I'm not entirely sure what the role of a minstrel was. Yeah, well, well, it's a good question. Um, minstrels in the Middle Ages were were entertainers. Most of them were were not big celebrities. Most of them um, probably had a day job as a plowman or um, as a peddler, you know, involved in some craft or trade. Um, but at the at, at night or at the weekends, they would go out gigging. Um, in many ways, it's very similar to what you know a kind of uh, amateur or semi-professional entertainer might do today. So it's a bit like an open mic night or someone going and performing in a working men's club, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think I think I think that's right. I think you know when you look at, at what this manuscript offers, it's someone who. Um, yeah, who, who's having a go um, uh, in, in an, an, an uh, alehouse or a tavern or a pub um, or a fair, you know, at the weekend or, or in the evening. Now, you mentioned that this is, I think this is a sort of humour that I like. You mentioned bodily functions. I mean, there's nothing more amusing than the word bottom in my book. How does this humour compare to, say, Live at the Apollo or Mock the Week? Is it about the personal everyday stuff? Is it the smutty stuff? Or is it about mocking those in power? Yeah, it's it's all of that. It's um, it's really, you know, some of the most interesting and, and, and funny comedy that we find is the kind of jokes that, that poke fun at, at, at People in, in in authority, people in power, the politicians, kings, priests, you know. Um, but also, um, it, it's very gentle too. So it it, it you know, um, this this performer, this minstrel, would be um, poking fun at the audience, making fun of himself, 
um, or herself. It, it's it really it, it, you know it, it pulls no punches. Uh, this material. So that old saying, "Don't sit in the front row if you don't want to be picked on," applies even in medieval times. Then. <laughs> That's exactly right. And Glenn, maybe I could read a couple of, of sentences of, uh, of Middle English and then give you a translation. Oh, would please that, do. Would that be good? Please do. Yeah. Here's a passage which comes from a, a mock sermon. Um, so a, it's, a, it's a piece of, of, of sort of comedic performance, which is intended to kind of imitate what everyone in the, in the Middle Ages would hear every Sunday, which is a sermon. And it's meant to kind of, you know, be a kind of absurdist a reflection of that. And, and so here's part of, part of an argument. Mm. It goes like this. If thou have a great black ball in thy Honda, and it be full of good all, and thou leave anything therein, thou puttest thy soul into great pain, and thereto accordest two worthy pleasures, Jacothram and John Brestbale. These men said in the Bible that an ill drinker is impossible to have him for to win her. For good love is... Neither horse nor mare, but merry men that in the cup can stare. So that's that's some 15th century English for you. Now I understood the odd word of that, but yeah, I, I don't I don't quite get the gist of it. Yeah, so let me give you a translation. If you have a big tankard in your hand and it is full of good ale, you put your soul at great risk if you did not drink all of it. <gasps> This accords with two worthy preachers, Jacketham and John Breastbale. These men said in the Bible that it is impossible for a bad drinker to go to heaven because God loves neither horse nor mare, but merry men who in the cup will stare. I mean, that, that's a bit risky for medieval times, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. No, it's, it, it, it's, it's risky. And, you know, one of the things that's really interesting about about um, the survival of this text is, you know, we we really don't have any other uh, recordings of a mock sermon from the Middle Ages. Um, this is really the only one. I mean, you might say that the Wife of Bath's prologue is 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 sort of riffing off of the mock sermon. You might say that the Pardoner's Tale in the Canterbury Tales is is sort of riffing off the idea of the of the mock sermon. But one of the things that makes live performance sort of safe is that it's not written down, right? It's not recorded. And so you can kind of, you know, if, if no one's, you know, um, uh, recording what you say, it's, it's much safer to say what you think. And so here we have a, a rare instance of um, a, a menstrual saying what they think, um, but then it happens to be written down. Um, and so and that's very rare and valuable. Now, I've been looking at this article that you've got on the Cambridge University website at the moment. It says here that you've found echoes of Monty Python in this work. A a killer rabbit. I mean, the knights who say knee had one of them, didn't they? Yeah, well, you know, um, Monty Python, uh, you know, Terry Jones in particular, he he was a good medievalist and he, he knew his stuff very well. And so many of the jokes in Monty Python come from medieval sources. So it's not surprising that we find in some of these medieval texts um, um, echoes of Monty Python. Um, and, and the killer rabbit joke is, um, it, it, it is in many ways, it's an old joke. And, and, the, and the premise goes like this. It's, you know, you take, you take the world and you turn it upside down, right? You, you take a normal activity from the Middle Ages uh, hunting um, in which, um, you know, people, uh, you know, men and, and hounds go out chasing or coursing a hare. 
you turn that upside down and you have the hares or the rabbits you know hunting humans uh, and and you know in that there's there, there's a lot of humor I never thought that Monty Python was based on actual medieval humour. You, you learn something new every day. I imagine you'd learn a lot about people, medieval people, just by knowing what made them laugh in those days. Yeah, that, uh, this is really one of the interesting conclusions of this research is that, you know, we know that the 15th century was 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 a time of hardship. I mean, there was a civil war going on in England. There, you know, there's famine, um, there was the plague. Um, you know, the, the feudal system was oppressive in so many ways for, for the majority of people. But, you know, in the midst of all of that, uh, what's so, so interesting, surprising to find is that people were enjoying themselves and they found spaces and they, and they found times to, you know, to live life well. And that's, that, that's a sort of hopeful thought. Um, coming out of uh, looking at these, these these comic texts. What next for you then? Of course, you've got plenty of amazing books and documents. I've been privileged to see some of them for myself at the university. How much more is there to discover in collections like yours across a country that's just waiting there to be found? Yeah, I, th- I think there's more to be found. You know, we, we know that... that you know, we're 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 fairly confident that there are, you know, no surviving minstrel manuscripts from the Middle Ages. But there there is another source uh, for thinking about live live entertainment and live comedy and live song and storytelling. Um, and so I think there are there are more books to be discovered and more more manuscripts um, out there that that can help us think about you know the, the the ordinary entertainments of medieval people Dr. James Way from the University of Cambridge, this has been absolutely fascinating to chat to you. Where can we find out more? I'm presuming the university website's a good first protocol. Yeah, the university website, the Girton College website. Um, I think that the, the university has a YouTube channel, believe it or not. Um, and, and, and so there's, I think there's a couple of nice videos on there. Um, so that, yeah, there, there are opportunities for finding out more. Cam.ac.uk, probably the, the best first protocol for you. Dr. James Wade from the University of Cambridge and Girton College, of course. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, thank you, Glenn. Appreciate it. Home with Glenn Jones. Cambridge 105 Radio.